How's it going, everyone? Glad you could join us for another episode of Core 4 Life. We're your hosts. I'm Mike, here with Matt, Ryan, and Andrew. As we bring you another episode every Thursday to discuss four key pillars in our lives. Be fit, be driven, be noble, and be chill. And how our faith is the backbone behind each of those pillars. We're talking to some awesome guests along the way, as well as tackling different topics, all in the pursuit of staying accountable with each other and living our lives the way God intended. Tune in each week to see if there may be something missing in your life. Let's jump into today's episode after a quick ad for our sponsor. Cheers. Yo, thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the clubhouse. <laughs> so today's guest started up his own company, University Tees, almost 20 years ago with his current business partner, Nick. Uh, now it's grown to over 200 people at their headquarters and 700 plus people working remotely from over 300 campuses across the country. Uh, he's married to Ashley, has four awesome kids, Brooks, who's nine, Lila's six, Collins, aka Coco, uh, is four, and Hollis, uh, who will be two in September. Uh, Joe also does a podcast with his business partner, um, which is called ISI Life, uh, or Iron Sharpens Iron. Very similar concept to ours. Honestly, I forgot to even mention to you, we when we were looking to start this and get everything going, we're about the roll, and then we started talking a little bit. I was like, oh, Joe's podcast is pretty similar to what this one is. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they focus on encouraging men in five key areas, faith, family, uh, fitness, faculty, and finance. So, uh, looking forward to really diving into some more of this with you on the podcast. So, welcome here, uh, Joe Haddad. Hey, thanks for having me in your entire studio. Yes, slash yes. <laughs> uh, so, also, we always kick things off with season two here, guest drink of choice. Uh, Joe, uh, our first season, we did all bourbons, just trying lots of different bourbons, and just so happens that you just started to get into bourbon. And I've tried a few of them, so we got a special batch here for you. Actually, not a bourbon. Uh, but we put a scotch in our small oak barrel that we're aging right now and trying it out here for the first time tonight. What do you think? It is delicious. All right, great. Super <laughs> smooth. Uh, so, again, glad to have you on here. Uh, as you know, we've got four key pillars that we discuss and talk through. Um, first one that we wanted to dive into a little bit was our Be Driven pillar. You're obviously a very driven uh, individual in everything that you do, um, starting with starting your own business. Uh, 20 years ago. Can you just give us the overview on what that looked like, how it got started, where it's at today? Yeah. Um, let's see, 2003, I was a junior at Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. I was studying accounting and finance, and uh, my roommate at the time, Nick, was studying entrepreneurship and marketing, and we were selling t-shirts uh, to make money for a fundraiser on campus called Green Beer Day. Which is the same, Thursday before St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. It might have been a couple of those. Yeah. Been a couple <laughs> of those you got a Miami alum here. Yeah. That's right. Nice. Cheers. Um, so long story short, the following year, we learned a ton about t-shirts, sold a bunch, and then the following year, uh, the school said you can't sell t-shirts as a student organization, as a fundraiser. So we said, okay, let's just sell t-shirts, not as a fundraiser. <laughs> so we got more into the t-shirt game. And then our junior year, 03, we launched University Tees. And we really were unhappy with buying shirts locally, so we thought we could do it better ourselves. So we launched it out of our dorm and started selling t-shirts uh, to sororities, fraternity student groups in Miami. And then our senior year, we said, if we can sell t-shirts in Miami, I bet our friends can sell 
t-shirts at their schools. So I had a brother at Ohio Wesleyan. We had some buddies at various Ohio schools, OU, Ohio Wesleyan, Ohio State, stuff like that. So we started hiring other students, gave them business cards, catalogs, and they would sell t-shirts on their campus. And then we'd have graphic design students do the artwork, and we'd print it, find the shirts, print shirts online, ship them right to people. Um, so 2003, we started. 2006, we decided to leave full-time careers and make University Tees our full-time career. And then fast forward now, 2021, we're in Lakewood, Ohio, which is a suburb of Cleveland. We have just under 200 full-time people and around seven or 800 students in our campus manager program all throughout the country. Uh, and we focus on uh, sorority and fraternity t-shirts and then also business to business and then large, large contracts. So, wow. Even shirts like Core Four Life. That's right. That's right. <laughs> to mention that, we we like to give our guests uh, a nice Core Four Life T-shirt when they come on. Luckily, we had a few left, so you got one. The, <laughs> not the designer, but where we got the shirts from, you know. And at the time, we had zero listeners, but forty-eight T-shirts. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hey, things have turned out all right, and we love to still give them out. So we now, appreciate you stepping in with that. I was trying to tell Joe how the shirt would fit him. <laughs> as, if you, as if you wouldn't know. Yes. So, yeah. A little, little mishap there. <laughs> nice. uh, well, yeah, appreciate you sharing a little bit about that. Now, you obviously started from the beginning and then skipped ahead to where you're at today. Uh, I'm sure that there's been uh, some challenges that maybe didn't expect through that time uh, about just growing the business and, again, to where you're at today with 200 employees, 700 others nationwide on campuses. I mean, uh, can you share a little bit about what you've gone through and uh, how that shaped you today? Yeah, early on when it was just Nick and I, uh, some of the early challenges were, you know, how do we identify talent, you know, for your first, second, third hire? So as we started bringing on full-time people, um, we had to really learn what does it look like to recruit, hire, train somebody. So you kind of, we learned from by mistake, you know, maybe hiring some of the wrong people or hiring good people, but not giving them the time to train them. I think the best way to summarize it is, is we've grown the business. Every season of the business has had different challenges. Um, the most recent biggest challenge we hit was when the pandemic hit and college campuses closed. And all of a sudden we went from selling t-shirts on campus to, hey, nobody's on campus. What are we going to do? <laughs> so that, that was the most recent you know, challenge that we're kind of just coming out to of now. Um, and what I would say there would be um, the way that we grew through the challenges was we always wanted to know what was around the corner. Like, what, what's the next challenge that's going to come, and what can we do to be prepared for it? Uh, so that that's really served us well. So early on, we put together a, a board of advisors for our business, like unpaid volunteer, but people we looked up to. So we've really always tried to surround ourselves, even back going back to 2005, 2006, with people who've gone before us in the business world that can kind of help us see what's what's around the corner. Uh, and that that's really been helpful. So knowing who to call when you are hitting those challenges so you're not going through it yourself. So you mentioned you had like seven, eight hundred campus brand managers or something like that? Yeah, we call them campus managers. They're okay. full-time students on campus and then they work for us part-time doing sales and marketing and facilitating all the sales on campus. Okay, cool. So they go to the various sorority, fraternity houses and, and sell or do yeah. sell throughout the campus? All, all throughout. Yeah, okay. A lot of it's online and through text now and they'll meet up with students off campus, but each student is given like a customer list oh, okay. so they'll, they'll develop the prospects and do the whole sales cycle so that's a unique that's a unique thing that helps kind of get college students going in a, in a sales path kind of it really it really is and now we probably have about 30 of our full-time 
team members were past campus managers in our program. So we brought a lot of people into our company full-time that started as students on campus. So I'm wearing a t-shirt here. It's a DPCL. It's one of our acronyms, Develop People, Change Lives. And early on, we identified we really had this cool opportunity to come alongside college students at such a formidable time in their life and help them grow and develop the business skills they need that will really set them up to complement you know, their college degree. So whether their first job is with us after school or first job is for a much larger company, the experience they get with us is really, really cool opportunity. So we take, we try to make the most of that opportunity, teach them as much as they can while they're with us. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, what a what great recruiting program when you've got <laughs> 700 employer, part-time employees that are really just college uh, college kids trying to make a little bit of extra money on the side, do what they need to do, but then you get to see who's got who's got a good work ethic, who's doing well. You know, we always talk about our company building a good bench, you know, people to pull from. And I mean, when you've got 700 from these college campuses when you're trying to get them, that's a, a, a pretty nice way to recruit. Yeah, we've been really fortunate. Well, it sounds like you invest a lot in into the, that program too, like helping them, steering them, and guiding them, making helping them succeed as best you can. Absolutely. We come alongside them. We bring them um, outside this past year during typically bring them to Cleveland for a weekend training in the summer, and then there's some continued education we provide throughout the school year, and then they're assigned a leader in our company that helps them grow, develop, all that good stuff. That's awesome. Nice. So, you know, outside of University Tees, I know we mentioned uh, the ISI podcast, Iron Sharpens Iron. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about that, what it's all about, why you got it started in the first place, and We got started in the first place in uh, 2017. Uh, Nick and I, were on, my, my business partner and best friend Nick, were on a flight back from Chicago. We were in a training, uh, professional training for business owners. And we were flying back and we were reflecting on just how blessed we were to have this circle of mentors that had been so impactful in our lives. And um, him and I were fortunate enough where we, we got into goal setting early on and we set goals in five areas that the ISI life is really all about equipping people in faith, family, fitness, finance, and then faculty, faculty being where we, where we work, but we need an app, so <laughs> we call it the ISI Big Five. We, we get it. <laughs> so we're on this flight, and we said, wouldn't it be cool to like have like a weekend event where we invite you know, a couple of these mentors, we each have these mentors in these five areas, and we just invite our friends and coworkers, and we'll have them speak on the various topics. So January 2018, we had our first retreat, we had 45 men come in Cleveland, speaker on each of the five apps and we got such a positive response we said well why don't we try this again next quarter and we did it in april and then we did it in september so about a year into doing retreats uh, we launched the nonprofit the isi life and now we do retreats in cleveland columbus nashville and we just had our first women's retreat this summer and now we're planning our first couples retreat in october awesome. so we equip men in those five areas uh, and, five, women. and women yeah. in those five areas now and the podcast just kind of complements it helps people kind of experience what we're doing and our next mentor retreats on July 30th and 31st and then in October will be our first uh, couples retreat. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Now is this invite only? How would people get to know about this if they wanted to, uh, if they yeah. Wanted to potentially attend? Yeah, if they were interested in learning more they can go to our website uh, and probably link it after www.theisilife.com. I don't know why I said www. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, uh, this is a late, 1980s. late 90s commercial. 
HTTP colon slash slash www. Yeah, it's not even You're welcome to check it out. There's some free ways to check it out, too. We do a free Zoom the first Saturday of every month at 7.30 in the morning where we feature one hour on one of the five Fs. So our next one will be the first Saturday in August, and we'll be featuring fitness. So there's some free ways to kind of experience ISI before committing to the 24-hour retreat. But the retreat's kind of like the home run. That's where you really experience, like, everything. You know, we do a group workout. We do an overnight. um, We do a speaker panel. Um, We we help people. The retreats are about reflection, recharge, refocus, and relate. You know, building relationships. So people come away super refreshed, super excited for the quarter. Um, Always encourage people to check out a retreat if they can. That's awesome. Where do you guys do the retreats at? Oh, we rotate venues. Um, most recently, the Cleveland ones have been at a place called Punderson Manor. Mm, which is yeah. in Cleveland. Big mansion. Yeah, yeah, it's a big mansion. And uh, people love the venue there. We've got, they've got really great grounds for outdoor workouts and the fire pits at night and hikes, stuff like that. That's cool. awesome. Cool. You mentioned you do a lot of this stuff with your best friend, Nick, right? Yeah. Who you knew since college. Yeah. How does that work? Like, you know, you've, you've been best friends in college and now you're business partners and now you've gone through all kinds of stuff with him like how do you maintain that relationship because i mean we've we've had friendships you know before this and now we're entering a podcast slash business together so how do you keep that keep that healthy yeah um that's a great question uh, i mean i first thing i think of is how blessed we are like a lot of times you hear stories of people that were business partners and then they're not they have a falling out um you know, whether it's been the ISI Life or University Tees or some of the other businesses we're involved in together, um, we've, we've just kind of complemented each other well. And I think that started early on when uh, two things. One is we had really complementing majors. You know, he was good on like the creative marketing entrepreneurship side, and I was more accounting and finance. So instantly when we launched like, our first couple businesses together um, that are no longer in business, our first couple business failures, <laughs> you know, it was easy to divide and conquer based on our skill set. But as we really got to know each other, uh, we realized how many common values we had. Uh, first and foremost, being our faith, you know, being both solid Christian guys and um, loving yeah. Jesus, that that really helped. So we had a lot of overlap with both friends, with core values, with faith, with beliefs. So it's been cool. That's like awesome. any relationship, like husband, wife, brothers. Like you know, there's going to be seasons where you know you're closer, and seasons where you're working through some things. But I mean, it's been awesome reflecting back to you know being in bunk beds in college and. Yeah. Now we see our family's growing. You know, he's got he's married. He's got three boys, and uh, it's been cool. That's our awesome. families have kind of grown up together. Cool. It's really cool. Yeah, that's cool to see. Especially, I mean, I know uh, faith is a big part of your life. Everything you do with your business, uh, with the podcast, with your family, you know, everything. So then you talked about how that uh, is a core to that relationship that, that you have with your business partner. And yeah, you guys can have different skill sets, but you can also have different opinions probably on a lot of different things and for some people those different opinions might cause them to go separate ways and that's when you have ugly breakups essentially uh, but when you guys can always come back to that core value of understanding that hey there's a bigger there's a bigger purpose here than us that we're striving towards which is God's purpose then that can bring you back to where you're really at which is I think why uh, you've been so successful with what you've done so it's cool to see that and you know we have our Be Noble Pillar which is I like to hear from different people on what that really means to them. And, and again, obviously with faith being a big part of that for you as it is for us, what does that uh, really mean to you in your life? You know, when we say be noble, what does that, what does that look like? Yeah. When you first told me about being noble, I got this image in my head of like a medieval knight. 
that, yeah, I think exactly that's what we wanted. Yeah. That's a common a common image yeah. that I think we're going for. And, and then I was preparing for the podcast. I, I realized I'm, I'm reading a really great book right now with uh, five of my buddies. We meet on Wednesday mornings at six a.m. Uh, and it's five guys. We're reading a book called Raising a Modern Day Knight. So, and we we had just finished the chapter on code of conduct. So when you asked, you know, I saw Be Noble. I'm like, this felt like medieval knight is what I first thought. So what does it mean to me? Um, it's not a term I, I really use that often, so I actually Googled it. It's a high, <laughs> high standard for character and principles. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I think for me it means my core values. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wrote down, um, you know, first and foremost, faith at the center. And then I wrote down, um, lead like Jesus. You know, it's been, always been like a motto of mine, like LLJ, I would say. Like, what would Jesus do in this situation? And how do I be more like him? serving and then we've got some corporate values as a business Uh, but personally when I think of like being noble and what I'm modeling I think people see people are going to remember how they see me and how they feel around me more than maybe what I say Um, so I listed out my personal core values in in order and I think they kind of tie to nobility character and principles so for me it's I want people to I want to be loving serving humble faithful, teachable, dependable, intentional, and the hardest worker in the room. Hmm. And when I'm doing those things, um, I feel like for me that's that's my character. Those are the principles uh, that I live by and use as a guiding light. So maybe that kind of ties back to being a medieval knight. Medieval knight, those would be my seven. <laughs> I love that you mentioned that book, and we usually do resources kind of at the end, but we'll definitely link to that, The Raising a Modern Day Knight. And my dad's here. He... Uh, he read that when we were young, and he kind of, like, when we hit 18, he, like, gave us a sword and kind of gave us, like, a charge as, like, part of that, like, Amazing. after reading that. And it was, like, super impactful for us, but, like, a lot of, like, what you said, like, to mm-hmm. develop that character and have that, like, kind of what your your goals are for your life and how your faith is going to live that out, like, going forward. So it's awesome that you mentioned that, and I think that makes a huge difference. That sounds like a memory you'll never forget. Yeah, absolutely. Where absolutely. were you for that when you were 18? <laughs> So we did the, like a ceremony at our house, I believe, and like my brother, I think we got him at the same time, actually. So my brother and I kind of both got our swords like together. So that was like super cool. And then younger brother a few years like after us. So now we all have a lot of boys. So we're kind of thinking through like, what do we want that to look like? And some of them live out of state. Yeah. So like we'll get all together and like kind of do a, a ceremony to like usher him into like Christian manhood, so to speak. And like yeah. give him that charge and kind of make that generational faith sort of uh, a challenge to them. That's amazing. So the Be Noble seed was planted in you when you were 18. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or even prior. But prior to that. <laughs> but yeah, the charge was given then, so like, don't, don't mess it up. <laughs> Gotta see the sword. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of all that and your dad being here, you want to give a little shout out to your live audience that's here tonight? Yeah, absolutely. So we'll give a little shout out to the, the Hudson family is here. So my dad, Martin. Um, the one who read Modern Day Night and, and raised some, some Modern Day Nights, uh, younger brother Stephen and older brother Nathan are both here um, visiting in town this week. So, want to come check it out. So, live audience, here we go. Well, hopefully Boom. we're not disappointing, but yeah, <laughs> try to do our best for you. Uh, so, Joe, I appreciate you sharing a little bit about what nobility really means to you. And I think, again, um, you know, you can sum it up with talk is cheap, right? I mean, if you're not practicing what you preach, then it's all going to really not mean much to the people that are around you. So I think you can see that. I mean, I know we haven't spent a ton of time together, but from what I've seen, what you do and the actions that you put into place within your workplace, 
uh, what you do outside of that, also with your family, is uh, it's encouraging to me and encouraging to, to anybody that can see that that you're you're trying to live out the life that God has intended for you. Thank you. You know. So what does uh, what does that really mean in the workplace for you right now? We've had plenty of conversations about that aspect of it, <laughs> and you know we talk about it here all the time. It's like how do we bring uh, how do we bring Christ into the workplace in the best way possible to not be the overbearing Christian guy, but to be the loving uh, guy that can show them what Christ can mean in their life. And it's uh, we've all had our struggles there. You've got your own business and been able to do some of your uh, to your own things within that. So what what does that look like for university tees? Yeah, um, for UTs, I've been blessed that you know Nick's a Christian, and we have another uh, owner now, part of our business, Brett, who's Christian as well. So where it's really cool and we're all equally yoked in that, in that regard. Yeah. So I've been part of other businesses where it wasn't like that at the top when it came to leadership and, and owners. So it does help that get say, like, hey, my business partners are Christian as well, so we're all going to support these types of initiatives in the workplace. Uh, for us, there's a, there's a couple things. The first is um, we, we try to think about what are the various stages going from like a pre-Christian to a new believer to a more developed Christian. How do we support those three phases in the workplace? So for the pre-believers, uh, we offer a program called Alpha, which if you look it up, it, it's common. You've probably seen the red and white billboards with the big question markings. It's got questions. But we've ran Alpha about five times now. And it's an 11-week course, video course. And that's really helped us kind of for the seekers that want to know more about exploring their faith. That's been a great tool for us and resource to offer for free to our team and you get a free lunch or breakfast if you're doing it in the morning, lunch, you know, free lunch or lunch. That's been great for conversation. That'll always get people to come. And then we we also do a number of, we invite people to outreach. So I'm involved in a number of Northeast Ohio ministries, one being uh, CBMC. So we have a, an annual prayer breakfast at the IX Center, uh, an Akron prayer lunch that was formerly at Tangiers and, and now will be in a different location. Uh, we do golf outings, different speaker events, stuff at Top Golf, where we will have like a fun event, but we'll bring in like a keynote speaker. Uh, so we'll, we'll always invite people from our office to those types of events. What does that stand for? CBMC is uh, Christian Business Men's Connection. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, and then lastly, we've got a Thursday morning uh, leadership Bible study that we do out of our Lakewood office, and now now we meet on Zoom, um, and we have about a dozen guys. Some are from our company. Throughout the years, we had tons of people from our company plug in that. But it's a free Bible Bible study. We meet on Thursday mornings at 7.30. So for the more experienced believers of our company, they can plug in to that. And we also have a number of people from outside our company that are part of that as well. So you have all those different programs for each stage. Another one of our guests talked about, I think it was Jamie Borchek, he talked about kind of uh, a spectrum of where somebody is like on their journey with Christ. So they're at a negative five, you know, they're, not believers, they don't want to be believers. You know, as you get to the zero, that's when you commit your life to Christ, and then as you go into the positive numbers, you're growing in your relationship. So it's cool that you offer those programs for kind of the, each each end of the spectrum. Have you been able to see like growth in that area, like somebody going from a, a negative to a positive? Yeah, uh, your guest and I might have done a similar training because we we go through training where you learn the scale. Okay. What are the conversations <laughs> to have with each in a negative three, negative uh-huh. two, like? How do you get a guy one step closer? Yeah. I mean, so, water a seed and, so he's with the athletes in action, so it yeah. might be might be similar. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we've got some really cool stories. I mean, the first one that comes to mind is uh, we had a team member named Matthew uh, who was with our company as a, 
uh, campus manager and then joined. He was set all the records as a campus manager, top selling student of all time, and then became a full time business development leader and set all the sales management records, top, <laughs> top selling BDL of all time, and wow. really had a successful career with us. And he went through Alpha two or three times in the workplace. Um, and just it, that third time going through Alpha, like accepted the Lord. And, and at that point, it just started a transformation in his life. And then he got plugged in with the ISI life. And he was coming to our retreats for a couple of years. And he was part of our planning team. Uh, and then, you know, then he had a season of his life where he felt God was calling him outside of this, the pursue design. So now he took something he's super passionate about design and something else he's passionate about passionate about God, and now we're like full-time doing design for churches all throughout the country. That's awesome. Really, you know, so he left our organization. So it was so cool to see him go from, you know, coming to Alpha, curious, to doing it three times, to, you know, growing in his faith, and at this point now he's been baptized, and he's discipling other guys, and he's on the full other, you know, the plus 10 side of the scale. So I think he's probably one of my favorite um, kind of transformation stories, how I've seen God use That's awesome. uh, just some of the different tools that so I'm curious, I mean, because that's an awesome story, and you might not know the answer to this, but, you know, he's, he's, uh, you said he's setting a bunch of records for you when he's a campus manager, when he comes and work for you as a VDL, and sets all the records there, so he's obviously doing very well um, from, a, from a worldly standpoint, successful, uh, yet he's still, he was still searching for something else. Do you, do you have to know, like, what, what was it that made him, you know, continue to search there that uh, he wasn't feeling fulfilled or what, what was it in his life? Yeah. can't speak for him, but I, I would say um, where he was at was somewhere something I was feeling myself maybe about 15 years ago. Uh, and I think, I don't know the author, this is not my quote, but we all have this like God-shaped hole in our heart. Mm -hmm. So you can reach success. I think it's a song. <laughs> there is a song. Yeah. Probably is. <laughs> yeah. But right, like whether you're a peak athlete or a peak film like like top of your game, and whatever your trade is, or you're you're hitting your financial goals, like those things are all fleeting. They're all none of them are going to give you that lasting like satisfaction, contentment, peace. So I think him, like many of us, um, you know, you're you're not going to find contentment in things outside the Lord. You have temporary satisfaction. You're not going to have that eternal joy. So I think his story is just similar to mine and, and many others. Yeah, well, it's it's cool to see. Like he was obviously a driven dude. Like wanted to get the sales records and breaking all those things, but then taking that drive and turning it towards God, you know, toward His kingdom. Like that's such a cool thing to see and such a powerful thing when it happens. So that's an awesome story. Yeah, we were just Andrew. I brought Andrew to a, a Reason for God book club the other day. That's right. And, uh, we just it just that kind of came up that type of a story um, what people are chasing for in this world and we brought back Gerard Cherry and we were talking about his when he came to our, our church and spoke and multiple like, Super Bowl yeah, three times Super Bowl champion for the Patriots yeah. defensive back and you know he was always chasing that dream of a Super Bowl that was his goal and then won that first one and the confetti came rolling down and he was like is this it Oh, you still of, feel empty, you still feel that I got you told, yeah. even at the peak of whatever you were chasing. Yeah. No, I think we all feel that in certain ways, like you said, no matter what it is, if you're chasing something for this world, it's gonna it's gonna end at some point. So 
leave your family out of it. You've obviously are driven in a lot of different ways uh, and uh, have done a lot of different things. What about, I mean, within your family, like what, what kind of things, um, you know, keeps you going there to be the, the husband and father that God has called you to be? Part of my personal mission statement starts with loving and serving my family, like, and then loving and serving others. So, um, now I'm not a perfect husband, not a perfect father, working process on both, um, but I want them to feel loved and served. You know, I want them to know that I care about them so deeply, do anything for them. So for me, it's, you know, I want to make sure I live a life that I want them to be able to go off. Like, well, Joe was the husband, I couldn't even imagine a better husband. Same with father. So being a father of one boy and three daughters, you know, I'm learning, you know, what does my son need from me as a father and how is it different and what's the same versus what my three daughters need. And I'm early, my oldest is nine, so yeah. I'm still figuring it out, you know. Yeah. Just trying to get by right now. We're all in the same boat here, yeah. Um, so, but no, family means a ton to me. In yeah. the last year's been awesome. Like working from home has given me a lot more time at home with them, so I'm seeing things I want to typically see so I've got a lot more meals with them which has been great and been home a lot more yeah what do you love doing with your kids oh man what do I love doing so before I came here tonight I went uh, I swam with two of my daughters this afternoon and then um, my four-year-old Coco and I did a bike ride tonight and it was her first bike ride in the whole the whole neighborhood like just like <laughs> by herself she's four she's longest ride. Ride. Like, it was her longest ride so yeah. it was just her and I today so we didn't have like cool. the dog and the stroller it was, it was just us so we Right around 7 o'clock, we did a, a bike ride through the neighborhood. Perfect. That's awesome. Um, I swam with a couple of my girls today. Um, my son and I like to golf. Oh, nice. This week. He's just getting into it. Um, he's a lefty. So oh. He's got lefty okay. clubs. So, <laughs> yeah. We love swimming. We love walking, going for walks at night. Uh, yesterday, my daughter's at Safety Town. So oh, yeah. Red, green right. stops, like a red, green sign. So we played yesterday for an hour, red light, green light, on scooters. <laughs> Everybody had their scooter, and then we doing red light, green light. So all sorts of fun fun stuff you do with four little kiddos. I think that's so important, just being there for them, like being at, being interested in the stuff that they're interested in and being there for them, like that makes such a difference. Like I can't, I also have four kids. I have a Brooks as well too. So wow. <laughs> um, that's not the most common name for, for a boy. Um, but that's why I think just being there for them and, and COVID has been, hard and challenging in that way, like that their eyes want to come in while I'm working and on calls, but then also like some of the coolest stuff too, that I'm there during the day and we can have lunch together. Like we hardly ever had lunch together before and like that happens almost every day now. Yeah. So it's super cool. I really love what you just said and I don't want it to get missed. You said be interested in what they're interested in. Yeah. I, I think that's a skill I'm developing and I'm realizing the, the joy in that. Mm -hmm. Whether it's, you know, my son wanted to play the same video game over and over, and I'm like, we got all these other games, and just want to play NBA 2K. <laughs> yeah. Or my daughters want to play, you know, the Just Dance, and for hours and hours, with the same song, Frozen, even though there's all these other songs, but I think it's so important, you should be interested in, like, live in their world, yeah. you know, and if my four-year-old wants to play Tea Party, like, let's play Tea Party. Doing it again. That's why I feel like it's so easy for, for me to try to drag them along to stuff that I want to do, but, like, yeah, to... to just keep down and do whatever they want to do is sometimes a little harder for me to do, but like just like how much that means to them is, is always awesome seeing that on their face. Yeah, yeah. So a great point. Thanks for bringing that. We kind of transitioned in my my last part. There was how do you find time for that that kind of stuff? We we like to talk about balancing uh, these different pillars out, and I mean 
it's just, it's awesome to hear and to see, like, I mean, you've got a lot going on. I mean, after building a, a company up from the ground up and uh, having this podcast going on, having this Christian business men's connection that you guys do, these different Bible studies that you've got going on with your work, the one that you do separate from that, your family life with four kids. I mean, that's a, that's a lot going on, and, and you're still putting in the time and effort to uh, find fun things to do with your kids, um, you know, so it's, an, it's encouraging to hear that no matter what you've got going on, I mean, you can, you can find time for the things that are going to be important to you. So, um, I mean, might as well hit on fitness. What does that look like for you in your life? You know, is that, are you, uh, are you able to find time for that too? Uh, usually yes. And I, I will say this, this week is probably like a fitness low. <laughs> Oh, oh, is that all? <laughs> it's, it's, it's Thursday, by the way, folks. <laughs> um, no. We're in the gym right here. We got time. We'll work out after this. No, fitness for me this season, this last quarter, I feel like fitness is a work in process for me. Um, ideally, I'm working out four to five days a week, mostly at home, just a blend of you know, Peloton maybe once or twice a week, a long swim one day, a uh, run, and then strength on a couple of those days. So I try to mix it up with stuff I can do around home. Couple of days a week, I do group workouts uh, at a football field uh, in Brexville, not far from my house, with a workout group called F3. So mm-hmm. I've been going to Saturday mornings, but sometimes I go on Tuesdays as well as Saturday. You know, that's kind of what fitness looks like right now. Um, and Sundays, I try to just do yoga and sauna on Sundays. That sounds that sounds like a good day. Yeah. <laughs> Sundays yoga and sauna day. I'm getting discouraged now. You do a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you were expecting to say, "Oh, I don't have time for anything." Yeah, I, know, but, yeah, yeah. Sorry, man, you I like what you mixed yeah. in, though. I feel like a lot of the things you mentioned are things like we've talked about that we want to do more. Like so we do a lot of like weights, but like mixing some swimming and like stuff that's like good for your joints, good cardio, and like just stretching and, and some yeah. yoga. I think we could all use that. I yes. like to think of myself as pretty flexible, but I could all just stretch. Body sometimes just gets like feels beat up. Some, some recovery, like some active recovery, recovery like yeah. something like that would be good. Yeah, tension recovery is fun. I like weights too. Fridays are for Murph. I like my favorite workout is Murph. I do that on Fridays. You just okay. do Murph every, every Friday? Friday? Yeah, sometimes twice a week if I can get it in. So Murph yeah, is a mile run, 100 pull ups, 200 push ups, 300, 300 squats? Uh, body squats. squats. Yeah. And, then and then the mile. Yeah. How do you, do you break it up into sets or did you go straight through like 100 reps? Sets. sets. Yep, five pull ups, yeah, 10, 10 push ups, and 15 air squats. Oh, so you do Murph every Friday? Try to. Wow. Yeah, do, you, do you time yourself? Sometimes I time myself. Usually I'm just listening to like worship music and yeah. I'm just getting the zone. I have a whiteboard and I, I put 20 X's and then I cross them off as I go. Like, <laughs> we started doing great work, uh, yeah. little worship Wednesdays. So we started nice. listening to worship music on Wednesdays for workouts. I like that. And we love it. I never thought I would enjoy that, but oh, it really does get worship like a rock. Dude, have you have you listened to the? I sent you guys the Seventh Day Slumber. Have you heard their no, worship that? album? So look up Seventh Day Slumber Worship on the Spotify. They've got a kind of a heavier rock uh, rock worship album. And we might be interviewing their lead singer later, but we'll see. <laughs> well, awesome, Joe. Appreciate you being here, sharing everything that you got going on. We love to finish things up. You gave a, a resource earlier, but anything else that you've got? to give our listeners uh, things that you're reading, listening to, um, that's going on that we can also share in our uh, show notes. Yeah, um, I got 
two websites, two apps, and two books. Awesome. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. great. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they're not all mine. <laughs> it was the shirt. Um, uh, I shared earlier the isilife.com. Uh, the other is masterplancoach.com. So if you're a business owner or entrepreneur uh, and you're looking for um, like Christian-based business coaching, uh, we have an organization called Master Plan Coaching that's really transformational. I've seen it uh, transform a lot of people's lives. Uh, in terms of books, I have one that's just a current read. I'm halfway through a book I'm really enjoying right now called Fit Soul. Um, oh, Ben Greenfield. Ben Greenfield. Yeah. I'm a big Ben Greenfield fan. Um, and it's a free it's a free book you can download. And I'm actually listening to it. He, he releases one chapter a week on his podcast. You can listen to it for free. So oh, that's cool. Um, and then one of the most... Like my most recommended book I give people is a book by Tommy Newberry called Success is Not an Accident. Hmm. Um, that's by far my favorite book, one I reread every year. Uh, we've had him speak at our ISI retreat. Uh, it's a game changer, really good book, especially chapter three. Um, and then the two apps are the Uversion Bible app. Um, I love that app. Yeah. I can listen to the Bible on audio when I'm running or working out, uh, and then do a lot of different Bible studies through it, like free Bible studies mm-hmm. with different groups of guys. It's a great way to stay connected with guys throughout the country. And, Bible plan with them and you can comment, you know, like, how do you respond to this or what does God say to you is the question. And then I use an app called Bible Memory, uh, Bible Memory app. Pretty basic app, but it's for like uh, memorizing scripture verses. So that's a big focus of my this season, one of the spiritual disciplines I focus on, trying to get the 300 memorized verses. And this and, this year? No, uh, 300 is what I'm working on okay. for a three-year goal. Okay, so, that's awesome. Um, so one new verse a week, and then on Sundays, review all my verses, so it's like a flashcard app. Wow! Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. Story verses. Wow, that's amazing. that's awesome. That's so so cool. I feel like yeah, like memory, like scripture memory is like so important. I just feel like since we were younger, or in CLC yeah. we did. Was it fifty? Mm, we did fifty. Wow. Yeah, I remember. Or was it, it was like a deck of cards? But, yeah, uh, we have not been reviewing them as much. Yeah. Yeah. Strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed. That was, so, that was one of the coolest things. Like, Second Chronicles sixteen nine. Sort of. Awesome. at the end there. Awesome. But yeah, it's like super cool. They'd come back to you. If you had them in there, they'll come back. Mm-hmm. Well, Joe, we're going to have you back on three years from now. And we're going to have you <laughs> 300 Bible verses. It's just going to be that and just have Joe recite each Bible verse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We will. We'll call you out on it. <laughs> Perfect. We'll appreciate it again. Thanks for all the insights. Obviously, you've uh, got a lot going on. You're doing a lot of, a lot of great things for... Uh, what God's called you to do. So appreciate you sharing with us tonight. Hey, thanks for having me. Great being here, studio. Been a thanks pleasure, man. Being on, man. This is great. Thanks for calling it a studio. <laughs> <laughs>glad you could join us for another core for life podcast if you like what you're hearing please share this with a friend and follow us on facebook instagram or twitter at core for life or check out our website coreforlife.com that's core f-o-u-r life.com tune in next thursday for another brand new episode Core for life. Yep. I said a core for life. <laughs> <laughs> Dilly.